Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure. Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. Montana's only daily sports talk show, Nuanez Now. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television. I like football! High school football, college football, the NFL. And, of course, Carolyn's got to talk about Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift. What's up, everybody? Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. Hope you're having a great time. Hope you're having a great week. Hope you have a great start to October. I can't believe it's already Friday. It makes me feel like I'm time traveling. I can't even believe. Monday through Wednesday is just such a blur because all I do is sit in that studio recording basically this entire show for the week. I, I love that the, the way it's working out, but it's also sort of weird because this time of year, all the sports this season, like during the fall season, they're all in the afternoons and the evenings. Everybody's practicing. So they can't come on live, so I have to get them during the week. And during football, everybody wants to get all their stuff out of the way on Mondays and Tuesdays. So it's jam-packed. It's just like a complete time warp. And then all of a sudden, here we are. We cruise through Thursday and Friday. We're into another weekend. We watch some football. We watch some more football. Bam, it's back at it on Monday. It's crazy, crazy, unrelenting grind. But gosh, is it fun. We got tons of stuff to get to today. Rajim Seabrook, who, by the way, another reason why it seems like it's so such a time warp. He's coaching at Missoula Sentinel. So he's usually our co-host on Fridays. And he still wants to contribute to be on the radio on Fridays, which I love him for. And I love talking sports with him. But he can't do it, especially if Sentinel uh, has a game on Friday. So the Spartans, they are at home tonight against Helena High. Missoula Big Sky in Helena to play Helena Capital. Those are two of your games of the week. We'll get to all the games of the week uh, here at about 445. Also, uh, we'll hear from Matt Johnson from Missoula Big Sky at 530. And take you around the rest of the area and the state for high school football for what's going on tonight. 
Raj and I also talk our way around the NFL here right off the top. He couldn't be in here today, so we had to record this yesterday. So we'll hear from Rajim a couple times here in the first hour. Myself, Andrew Houghton, we'll talk about the Big Sky Conference weekend. A light slate this week, just three games. I didn't know this. I did not know. <laughs> this is this is how minimal the coverage is in some of the Big Sky Conference markets right now. We try to fill a void at, at ESPN Radio and Skyline Sports. Andrew, I had no idea that Weber State and Northern Arizona had a trophy. It makes sense that because Ogden and, and Flagstaff are not that far apart, I guess, considering like by Western standards, but they have a Red Rock trophy. This is a this is actually the second year of this, but they play for this tomorrow. I had no clue until I read Brett Hines' article today. Not only did I not know that, <laughs> I didn't know that it's a nice-looking trophy. It's a totally nice-looking trophy. And I didn't know that that rivalry was so close. They're tied. They're tied all-time. 54 all-time matchups. It's 27-27, so that's pretty cool. I just I, I had no idea. More rivalries is good. I, I hope that they keep on going. I mean, uh, Weber State, a charter member of the Big Sky Conference. Northern Arizona, like... Basically, a charter member of the Big Sky because they joined. They were like the first addition to the league when the league was only like six or seven years old. So uh, certainly, um, they would go, they go back a long ways. They've been playing for a really long time, and uh, I don't know. I said no idea until Brett wrote that article, and then I felt bad when I retweeted it and said that in my tweet, and and then Brett was like, well, how did you not know that? And I was like, well, because they just named the trophy last year, and uh, but it's been close games this these last couple of years, so that's one of the games. Anyways, I digress. We will be uh, talking all the way around the big sky here. We'll also give you some more thoughts on Montana at UC Davis. Uh, I am working on a story on... The last time Montana played at UC Davis and how crazy it is that they haven't played each other since 2019, but also just how much different both these teams, but especially the Grizz, look. I, I'll never forget that 2019 game when the Grizz went down there and absolutely just let it rip. I mean, Dalton Sneed threw five touchdowns. The Grizz looked like this high-powered juggernaut, and that Grizz offense was absolutely the high-water mark of Grizz offenses since Bobby Houck has been back. Then came the, the devastating loss at Weber State in the playoffs where the whole thing fell apart because of rain and because of bad decision-making. Dalton Sneed threw five or maybe even six picks, and the Grizz lost 17-10 to 10 in Ogden to a Weber team that they had absolutely destroyed only about a month before that in Missoula. And then we all know what happens. The pandemic comes along and yada, yada, yada. I don't think any of that is an excuse. It's just an interesting sort of litmus test to look at where Montana was offensively and how they were winning games the last time they played Davis to then what the Grizz program became. 2021, certainly a good year. Montana won 10 football games. 2022, a year filled with high expectations, but the Grizz had a three-game losing streak in the middle of the year that sort of torpedoed their season. But I guess the point I'm making is the last two and a half years, the Grizz have relied on and leaned on almost exclusively their defense and their special teams, not their offense. They looked like an offensive-oriented team that had a high-flying, up-tempo defense as well. That formula, I thought, was going to be one that was going to be successful. The Grizz haven't been able to recapture that firepower offensively. Why? We'll discuss that uh, here in just a little while. Hour number two, Carolyn swings by. The chicken does no sports with plenty of fun stuff to laugh about. We'll hear from Matt Johnson and also give you some of the other key storylines from around high school sports in the city of Missoula. A jam-packed Friday, as always. You want to stream the show? You always can. 1029ESPN.com. Click on Listen Live, or you can always download the ESPN MT app. And if you want to be a part of the show, 
888-1029. That's 888-1029. All guests will join us via the Rangers Brothers RV phone line. Well, I'm not even going to introduce you because I've been laughing so hard thinking about this on the drive here. I don't know why I think this is so funny, but I just think it's so funny. Who would you rather have? Oh, I love, oh God, I love this. <laughs> Who would you rather have? What? Mac Jones or Zach Wilson? If the Patriots or the Jets propose this trade, who says no? I think they both say yes because they look- both want to get rid of their guy. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, I, don't even, I don't know. I was waiting for, like, option three, razor blade across the wrist, possibly. I don't know. That's like... Do I do I want a, a, a turd sandwich or 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 a pea pie? Right, like both both are gonna leave a horrible taste in your mouth, and you're not gonna want. Oh my god, why would you ask me that? Isn't it such a funny one? Both of those guys are just like they just define what is quarterbacks right now in the NFL. Rod James Seabrook here on New Orleans now ESPN Radio. Hey. I think it's 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 actually crazy because we know. I mean. The, the narrative, and I think it's a narrative that's pushed a little bit too much, but it still is the omnipresent narrative in all of pro football. Everything starts with the quarterback. Absolutely. We had all these documentaries about these quarterbacks and these mockumentaries, and these guys are, you know, making themselves look like the man and yada, yada, yada. And certainly Patrick Mahomes is still is, the, you know, the king of the castle right the now. dude. But I just find it fascinating that there's all sorts of guys that have, like, brand name recognition or that are, were first-round picks and they were playing all over the NFL – there's hardly any quarterbacks right now in the NFL that are playing well. We're seeing a diametric shift. There is so many defensive fronts, even on the teams that are quote-unquote bad, that are playing outside of their minds. Seattle was playing a whole bunch of backups on Monday night. Great example of a guy who the Giants signed to be their franchise quarterback in Daniel Jones, and I'm not blaming on Daniel Jones. They weren't blocking anybody on Monday night. I texted you, and I didn't even get a text back because I knew you probably just turned it off. But it, it was horrible. <laughs> I mean, it was pathetic. Like when you can't, like you can't block a piece of wet toilet paper. That was that was embarrassing. I would say right now, if the Saint Ignatius Bulldogs <laughs> suited up against the New York Giants, the score would be. Seven to two, Saint Ignatius. <laughs> I'm serious, it's my amazing. friend. Like it's it, it's embarrassing, and I mean, but poor line play leads to poor quarterback play. Uh, however, I'm you know I want to I want I want to go back a few moments ago to what you're speaking about. The quarterback play in the NFL is is mediocre. Is mediocrity yeah, that, that's what I'm across the board? I was laughing except because, for four dudes. Right, I was I was laughing because I was I was thinking about because Bill Simmons is my favorite guy podcast wise. He's way better at the NBA than he is at the NFL. But I listen to his NFL stuff because cousin Sal's really good at breaking down the betting lines and stuff. So it's a good way to you know get some gambling advice. So, <laughs> but you know, they were t- cousin Sal's a Jets guy. Bill Simmons is a Patriots Chaser guy, guy and yeah. they were they were arguing about well who would who would say no first. Between Mac Jones and Zach Wilson. I think the but Jets would say no. I was laughing so hard because it's a microcosm of pretty much everybody. It's just a matter of who, what team you like. Like, Daniel Jones for Zach Wilson or Mac Jones. What are you saying? I'd rather have Daniel Jones. <laughs> right? And, and that's crazy because Daniel is, Jones is he's, not very good. No, no. It's like I think Kirk Cousins is awful. I still wouldn't trade him for Mac Jones or Zach Wilson. Not at all. Right? Not like, at there, all. There's all these rumors that the Jets were maybe going to go out and get Kirk Cousins. Well, I don't want Zach Wilson back. Give me no. whoever the heck the pay, or the give me whoever the heck the Vikings backup is, and let's go two and fifteen and draft Caleb Williams. Well, there you go, <laughs> or the kid from uh, North Carolina. Carolina, yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. Like, th- think about this in the NFC right now. Yep. 
I think you could truly make arguments in the in the NFC that Jared Goff and Baker Mayfield are two of the top five quarterbacks in the NFC right now. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Dude, the Lions are fire right I mean, now. I mean, Jared Goff and Dak Prescott are same same to me. I know that people are probably saying you're crazy. Dak Prescott's way better. He's not way better. He's, he's not way better. He's way more hyped. Oh, overhyped. Look, he's the, the star the on his helmet. They're about the same, and Goff just has a different reputation because he kind of got thrown out into the garbage in L.A., but Goff's actually fine. But, like, look at the NFC East. Jalen Hurts is great. There's no, there's no other elite quarterback in the NFC East. No, there isn't. In the NFC North, there's no elite quarterback. Jared Goff is, like, the dude kind of elite, but, like— He's the best of the worst. I mean, he's better than Jordan Love. He's better than Justin Fields. He's better I, than Kirk oh, yeah. Cousins. Oh, yeah. In the NFC South— Bryce Young's number one pick. He already can't stay healthy. Can't stay, can't Derek, stay upright. Derek Carr's on a new team. He can't stay healthy. Nope. Atlanta is in the worst situation ever because ever. they have top 10 picks at running back, receiver, and tight end, and they got Desmond Ritter, and the, he can't do it. So now they're going to roll Taylor Heineke, which I think Taylor Heineke is nice if you just can, if you just judge him as like this 5'10 backup. Yep. But, but he's not like a franchise he's quarterback. He's not the answer. So Baker Mayfield right now is the best quarterback in his division. Oh, it's horrible. NFC West, Stafford's still playing all right. Meh. Brock Purdy's the best quarterback in the NFC right now, I would argue. Right? For San Francisco? Better than Jalen? No, Jalen Hurts the best quarterback in the oh, NFC. And okay. then Brock Purdy's number two, right? Oh, without a doubt. And then Geno Smith's probably number three. Which is crazy. And Matt Stafford's probably number four. And then it's probably a coin flip between Baker Mayfield and Jared Goff at number five. I, Rather than five. I'm, I'm, taking, I'm taking Goff over Baker Mayfield. But it's still crazy that Mayfield's even in the conversation. It is. It's it's just it, what happened. But it's also the AFC came into the year. Roger right? Zero here on Duanas now. Uh, the AFC came into the year with this reputation of like all these guys that are well, you know, uh, elite uh, level guys. They and they were. I mean, and, 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 and there still is a couple guys. I mean, Josh Allen, Tua Tagovailoa, both played at Ridiculous. high level. Lamar Jackson's playing at a really high level. Yes. Um, CJ Stroud for the Texans is what like, is yeah, up. I mean, he. We need to talk about a that. Month, a month in the year, he's the rookie of the year for oh, sure. Hands down. Uh, Mahomes is also playing great. That's and, your five. And Herbert's been Herbert's been fine. He's been pretty good. Mm-hmm. But. Joe Burrow hasn't been any good. Horrible. Deshaun Watson can't stay healthy. Nope. Anthony Richardson can't stay healthy. Good Lord. Uh, Trevor Lawrence has been terrible. Uh, what is going on uh, with the, him? The Tennessee Titans are in the same deal where they got to figure out who they're going to bench next because Tannehill can't do it anymore. They're coming off a big win last week. That's because the Browns didn't have Deshaun Watson. Tannehill peaked like three decades ago. <laughs> That's right. You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, he, like th- that... We could talk about the Titans. Like, they actually make me angry. Yeah. And I don't say that on, on, on this show very often, but they make me angry. When you are wasting the talents of someone like Derrick Henry with having someone like Ryan Tannehill yeah. uh, uh, man your team and you just want to be like a basically a mid-major team in the NFL, give me a break, man. Yeah. Like, come on. And then, get, Tannehill? And then you look at the AFC West and... I mean, Mahomes is a dude for sure. AFC West. AFC West, yeah. Jim McGrapple can't stay healthy. Justin no. Herbert got his finger ripped off. I know it's not his throwing hand, but he was, I mean, that did not dude, look good. And that's going to, I mean, even if, it's gnarly, not your, even if it's not your throwing hand, that's, that affects you with the way you handle the ball. Everything. And, stuff. and, uh, and then we get to, and I've said for a long time that I thought Kirk Cousins was the worst quarterback situation in the NFL. It's not. Wrong. I, I thought that just because <clears throat> he was getting overpaid so much. There's several quarterback situations in the NFL that are way worse than the Minnesota Vikings right now. But the number one worst quarterback situation in the National Football League, it's not close, is the Denver Broncos. I mean, they're paying Russell Wilson $47 million to do nothing. 
I, I don't know, man. The the the, the other bleak <laughs> scenarios of the Northeast up there aren't. I mean, yeah, no, it's true. I, I don't the, know. The problem is you got a dumpster fire, a grease fire, and an inferno. I like, mean, what Ru- do you pick? Russell Wilson and uh, is, oh, is a worse situation oh, than Mac Jones and, and Zach Wilson only because he's getting paid so much more. Mm-hmm. There still is a minute chance that Zach Wilson figures it out. Like he looked good for like two quarters against the Chiefs on Sunday night. He did. They they didn't look bad. Mac Jones hasn't looked good for two years, but he still has moments where he's looked good. I have no confidence whatsoever that Russell Wilson will ever look good again, unless he goes back to the Pacific Northwest. <laughs> right, and that ain't happening. That ain't happening. You burn that bridge across the board. Uh, New is now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. Happy Friday, everybody. Um, let's. Let's talk a little bit more about the NFL because I, I do find, I do think that what one in three teams going to make the playoffs? Let's see, talk about that. See, th- that, that that's what I'm getting at too. Is out of all the teams you watched so far, who do you actually believe could make a run in the playoffs and win a playoff game or two? Given given the the preface that I gave you, the playoff teams no, or just no, anybody, no, any, anybody. Like, from what I've seen in the NFC, it's going to be the Niners versus the Eagles in the NFC Championship game. That's the NFC Championship game. That's the NFC Championship game right there. In the AFC, it's it's going to be the Chiefs versus whoever can figure it out best between the Bills, the Dolphins, and the Ravens. And I, I still don't believe it. I think Miami's really good. I don't believe in their ability to actually make that kind of run just because they don't have the experience. No. I just think it's ironic. And they were exposed last week. I, I think I, I just think it's ironic the NFL has built this entire salary cap model sport on parity. And every year we see seven teams. This has been going for nine straight years where half the teams that made the playoffs from a year ago make it again, again. and half of them don't. Right. So it's a full turnover every yes. single year. And that's yes. why when teams get stuck in the mud where they don't make the playoffs for 10 years, it's so pathetic because everybody makes the playoffs. Even the downtrodden Detroit Lions have made the playoffs a couple times over the last 10, 15 years, whatever. But Not the Jets. It's just ironic to me because... I do actually think that despite this prioritization on parity, there actually actually isn't any parity at all. We've seen the Chiefs versus either the Bills or the Bengals in the AFC Championship game for the last three years, and I yep. think that it's going to be probably the Chiefs versus the Bills or the Ravens, unless the Bengals can somehow figure it out. But I don't think they're going to be. But able this to happens do. every decade. Like, the, right. the, the, I mean, don't get it twisted. Like, if we let's let's turn back the you know the yeah. hands of Father Time um, for years, it was always. Cowboys Niners. Sure. Right? Like you just knew that's where it was gonna go for years. That it was you know, for a couple of years it was it was it was, you know, Giants Niners. Sure. Or uh, you know, like uh, it, or the Eagles were the, e- the Eagles made like five or six straight championship games when absolutely Andy Reed and Don McNabb were there. Absolutely. And then, you know, the great nineties teams, uh, uh the Dallas nineties teams, the late eighties, early nineties of, of of for the Niners, like that happens every but those are also constructed well-constructed teams because of management. When you look at the teams that are in there and you look at the brain trust behind them, that, that you know, those teams that have been there, it's management. It's not just players because Mahomes is nice and all that, but it's also the management and the coaching behind them. When you look at some of these other teams that are, you know, here today, gone tomorrow, yeah, they've right. got management and coaching issues. No, that's exactly right. You're, you're completely nailing it. What, what do the Eagles, the Niners, the Ravens, the Chiefs all have in common? Great coaches, great management. Exact organizational stability, absolutely. Great ownership, great front office, great, absolutely. Great coach that's been there for a really long time, and the continuity with the quarterback. Yep, and uh, not a lot of run-ins with the law. Right. No, no marquee trades. Mm-hmm. Uh, drafting well. Yep. That's what wins. 
I also wonder sometimes, like right now, there's this there's already this this, this debate. Uh, Give it to me. There's already this debate over whether the Panthers screwed up by drafting Bryce Young. <laughs> and instead of C.J. Stroud, right? Stroud's been great. Bryce Young's been up and down, and he's been hurt. And Anthony Richardson's been oh, actually pretty good when he's been healthy, but he's, he's already missed some time. I, I think it's too soon to judge any of that, but I think it just rehashes this age-old, what situation do you get put into? Right. In other words, like, is, like is Mac Jones actually as as bad as we think he is? No, or did he no. just he had to play for like a high school defensive coordinator that was the OC for the Patriots last year? Then they finally got a new OC, but it's Bill O'Brien, so he's just tearing your head off whenever you're making a mistake. The game might have passed Belichick by. He's one of the great coaches in the history of the league, but I think he might be past his time. It's just interesting the way that the situation all works out. If we talk about Mac Jones' first two years, they weren't that bad. He his he 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 had he had some years that he was okay. Mac Jones might be able to, you know, bridge the gap between Tom Brady and the next whoever. Um, I think you hit the nail on the head, Coulter. Uh, in that, I think Bill Belichick, the time is gone. I, I I think he has just he has helped the game. He's revolutionized the game in some ways. Um, talk about great management and great coaching. Uh, you know, in the Patriots of of yesteryears. Um, but I, I, I think his style of coaching, his methodology and ideology don't work well for these this this very different type of young NFL 20-something-year-old player. And um, <clears throat> I just think the whole construct of the New England Patriots doesn't bode well for this generational sure. generation of players either. So... Um, We'll see. We'll see. But I, I, I think Mac Jones is a bit more redeemable than a Zach Wilson. Mm-hmm. And I just think he's he's just not in the right situation. Because when I look at a guy like Brock Purdy, if I put Mac Jones in San Francisco, I think Mac Jones does okay. Right. Totally. Right. And I think he, he does well, actually. Yes. Like, I would like to see Mac Jones in some place playing for the Rams. Could you imagine? Like, I, I think. Mm, it's a good one. I, I think, uh, you know, if we could alter the time-space continuum. Zach Wilson might actually do okay with the Rams, too. I, Just because, like, McVay's yes. offense, they give, he gives you so, so many easy throws. Thank you. So you can get yes, going, right? exactly. So for guys like that, I, I think situations, which is something you brought up to give you more credence to your brilliant mind, that, yes, if, if you put those guys in a different situation, they're, they're okay. They're yeah. better than wh- where they're at now. And the dumpster fire known as East Rutherford for the New York Jets. <laughs> oh, man, get the marshmallows ready because yeah. that, that's only going to start getting warmer. It's just crazy that coming into the year, you got the Giants as a returning team that won a playoff game a year ago. And the Jets got Aaron Rodgers. And there's, I mean, New York is among the epicenters always, always. Of, of the NFL. But when you have two, two teams with a bunch of hype behind them, then it is even more, and they threw the—I mean—they threw the Giants and the Jets on prime time. The Giants have already played three times on prime time. We're only a month into the season. The Jets have already played three times on prime time. We're only a month into the season. The NFL has to be just going crazy. They're going to have to flex some of these games out. When the Giants are still there at two and nine, they can't be rolling them out there on Sunday Night Football to lose by four to the Eagles. Let me tell you, <laughs> let, I'm looking right in the camera. Black that game out. <laughs> just black it out, or do what they did with the Super Bowl when they put Heidi on back. In the day, throw some, throw some, because I'm telling you, man, no one's, no one gets better, no one's getting smarter, no one's getting entertained by that game. That's right. We should have like the Tech Mobile reunion game that day. Right, James Seabrook here on Nuanas. What up? Uh, let's do some. Uh, <laughs> okay, so give me, give me your right now, as of today, just a month into the season, give me your NFL power rankings. Who's your number one team in the NFL right now? 
Uh, right now, it's 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 hard between Philly and San Fran. The last of the two undefeated. I got San Fran. I I I, I flip flop for two different reasons. Um, I have San Fran because I love that defense, but I have Philly because I have more faith in their quarterback. Yeah. You know, so for- I just have I only have San Fran above Philly just because San Fran has one more handily. They also have yes. played they also played a, just an ass schedule. They killed the Steelers thirty to seven, then they beat the Rams thirty twenty three. They beat the Giants Giant. thirty to twelve. They and had a softer they, schedule. They won last week thirty five sixteen. So thirty points four weeks in a row. You pair that with that defense, and that's certainly um, a, a good formula for sure. The Eagles have played three one-possession games in their four games. They beat the Patriots 25-20. They beat the Vikings 34-28, although it wasn't that close. Vikings scored a late touchdown. That was a two-score sure, yeah, that was, that was. I mean, they rushed for 300 yards. It was a no contest on Thursday Night Football. Uh, Eagles smacked the Bucks 25-11, and then they had to go to overtime with the Commanders, and they won that one 34-31. Yeah, Washington's not that bad. No, Washington's good. Yeah, like, people, like no one's talking about them, though. See, this is what I'm – this brings us full circle to this quarterback conversation. I love it. Kick it to me, Captain Kirk. When a guy is a first round pick or he's getting paid in the uh, you know hundreds of if he's getting paid 100 million plus on his total contract yep it, it's such a bad situation for your franchise if he's just okay if he's Sam Howell you're doing great totally like you line them all up Sam Howell's not actually better than any of these guys. No. When you're paying Sam Howell $3 million and you're paying Daniel Jones $5 billion, it's not the same thing, you know? No, no, not at all. And I, I, If you're I, getting the same production for like one-tenth tenth of, the, of price, the price, yeah, why not? This is exactly where my argument has always been with the Vikings. The Vikings made it farther in the playoffs when they had Mr. Electricity, Case Keenum. Case looked, Keenum. Looked like he took his finger in a light socket. He looks like a 12-year-old. <laughs> but they're, but, they're, but they're, they're paying him. $4 million a year, and they're going to the NFC Championship game. Then they pay Kirk Cousins the most guaranteed money in NFL history, and they haven't done anything. Nothing. That's what I'm talking about. You need a little Gardner Minshew for your team. See? That, like, there's just, you know, a spark plug. That, that's why I think the Falcons are in a spot where they got to just pull the trigger. Because Ritter, Ritter, Ritter's not, not a first-round pick, and he's not getting paid. He's a third-round pick. Bench him. Play Taylor Heineke. Totally. Rid yourself for Ritter. Yeah. <laughs> Serious. It, it, that's it's not a, the answer, it's man. It's also where, that's why the Broncos are so handcuffed. They're paying... Half their salary oh cap to Wilson. They got to just say they got to just cut ties. That contract I, reminds me of an Alex Rodriguez situation. I mean, if, if the, the 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 group that just bought the Denver Broncos owns Walmart, you can't have more money than the people that own Walmart. Walmart has more money than God. They should just tell Russell Wilson to go away. They should just say, "Hey, man, buy him out. See ya. Buy him out. We're gonna pay you the rest of your contract to not come. Yeah. Just, just go away." Just like that Jets and Giants game, black that situation out. <laughs> All right, so you got Eagles and Niners 1A, 1B. 1A, 1B. You, got, you probably got Chiefs 3 then. Of course. And then who's your 4-5? My 4-5 rounding out that that the, the bottom of the top. Um, I don't know where I sit the Ravens just yet. Yes. The Ravens, for me, I'm, I'm just, when I watch them, they're kind of like this enigma of a team. Like, you should be so much better than what you are. Not that they're not bad, but when I watch them, they should be better than what Lamar. To me, Lamar Jackson, for where he is in his progress, you should be better than what you are, especially with your physical attributes. Yeah, he he, he his biggest issue is being able to turn it on and turn it off. Because when he does turn it on, he still he's is electric. One of the best players, he's electric. He, it's amazing. But when he turns it off, he's kind of like John Starks out there. When he's on, he is on. But yeah. when he's off, it's 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 awful. They are three and one though. And they are three and, and one. They, that's without J.K. Dobbins. That's without much. I mean, they've been going through. Running 
running backs like, you know, just a conveyor belt. They've had two oh, offensive boy. linemen out. Mark Andrews is out for a little while. He's back now. Odell Beckham can't stay healthy. Odell Beckham was out last week. So I, I, I think the Ravens are pretty good. I, I don't know. I had the Bills slotted at fourth. So yeah, I, to, to me, that's the, that's the push is 4-5, four, 5-4. Five, five, four. The, Bills, uh, Bills, really, the Bills really pushed their way into the last week by just destroying the Dolphins. Oh, that was that was ridiculous. That was ridiculous. And then to me, the Dolphins are right on the outside of that. Yeah, and I think I had the Ravens. At, I did this with Coach Marty, Marty Mornowig, earlier this week, and I had the, uh, I had the Ravens at 5. Yep. Uh, he had the Lions at 5 and the Ravens at 6. I thought that was interesting. That is interesting. I'm wondering. The Lions are really, really good on defense, which helps because they're elite on offense. Yes, they're. I, I like the. I love the connection with Mr. Amon down there. That he he is fun to watch. He's sweet, man. He's so good. He is so good, and you you don't get to see him because you don't see a lot of Lions games on primetime. But like when I watch highlights, and then you know I, I try to you know pirate an NFL game or two. Yep. Um, don't do that at home, kids. Um, <laughs> I'm on Ross St. Brown is who I'm, I'm, Yeah, I'm on. Team. He is, and I have him on several fantasy teams, and he is produced. Oh, he produces um, big time. I love him, and I just I love uh, I love Aiden Hutchinson. Like he's having, he's ridiculous. He's ridiculous. Like he's kind of a physical, like he's a freak. He's kind of freakish. Oh, he's absolutely um, freakish. He plays with such a high motor too. Oh, the time. Yeah, he kind of reminds me of. Um, he plays like he's an underdog, but then he's six five two eighty. I know who. Why am I blanking on his name? I can see his face. Um, number ninety played for the Titans. He was called. Oh, oh my God! Why am I blanking? Javon Curse. Javon Curse. The freak. The freak. And yeah. thank you. Um, I can't. And I can. I can see his face as plain as day. But there's something about Aiden Hutchinson that reminds me of Javon Curse. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Look at the body type. Yep. Um, high Hutchinson's motor. Even a little bit more has a little bit more girth to him. He does because like Javon was like slender, a little, big, a little long, longer. Yeah, yeah, lean, long. Yeah. Um, but there's something about the weight, the tenacity in which they get after the ball and rush off the edge that I love. The thing about Detroit is I'm just kind of waiting for the magic to fizzle out because at the end of the day, it's still Detroit. See, I don't think that. I but I don't think it's going to happen because the NFC so North either, is so yeah. weak. And I also think Dan Campbell's a good coach. I think they I ha- agree with that. I think they have good. I think they have a good plan. They have a good staff. Yeah. I mean, I think that. Uh, you know, I don't know. I, I just think I think they have good, a good plan all the way around. I think that if their defense is as improved as it appears to be. And they can stay healthy. And they can, can I mean, they have a lo- several different running backs, so they Mon- have good depth there. They have great depth. David Montgomery's having, like, a resurgence of a career in splash modes. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. he comes in and does these things really well. And um, and then is his name Jameer? Is, is that how you Jameer pre- Gibbs, yep. Jameer, okay, the, 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 the spelling throws me off. Which is shit with a name like Rajim. Holy Christ, <laughs> I just put my foot in my mouth. Um, but I, I like their rotation there. And then on the backside, their defense and their special teams is pretty good. They cover really well on, on, on ST. So, um, yeah, Detroit's got something brewing, man. Up with the Lions roar. All right. Uh, Not associated with Columbia, we'll, but we'll, we'll do we this, can. We'll do this about once a month. Um, I like it. So here's good. Here's last last thing for you on Aiden Hutchinson. Let's go. He's he's Javon Curse, a little less athletic, mixed with Chris Long, or Howie Ooh. or Howie Long. Like no, 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 ha- ha- no. Howie's 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 not, dude. Howie's diff buddy. 
Yeah, no, I know. Hutchison has high upside, though, man. He does. He if does. He can, if he can stay healthy, the way he plays the game is very old school. He, yeah, he and goes I can see, hard. He goes hard. That's the Howie Long in him, but Howie's in a class all by himself. Uh, yeah, and I, I said Howie because he's what Hutchison's. Chris Long's a good player. Oh yeah, but Hutchison's already way better than Chris Long. Without or, a doubt. His, his talent is way better. He, mm-hmm. he, he, he he go play fourteen years in the NFL like Chris Long did. Okay, you know now you can say you're actually better, but. I, don't know, I, I, I just think it's uh, it's going to be interesting to watch him develop because I was a little skeptical of him coming out of Michigan. I thought that they maybe overhyped him. You know, he's a Michigan guy. He's from there. His yeah. dad played there. He's a good player in college, yeah. but I thought, you know, okay, this guy might be the one of those guys that just, like, he was wearing the Michigan man flag, and then he gets to the NFL, and he's just not that good. That was, I was totally wrong. He's, he's excellent. He's really, really good. Well, when I look at who was picked before him, going back to the Giants— like he's making all those uh, all those pundits, so to say, uh, shut up really quick. He's better than Kayvon Thibodeau, for sure, no doubt. He's good, man. I'm I'm looking forward to watching him, and hopefully, he'll have a long career. But back to the Lions. Well, it's now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. More right after this. Before we have more right after this, how about? If you need somewhere to watch Chris Hockey, go across the street from where we're at right here. If you don't know where we're at, that's fine. Buffalo Wild Wings be streaming Gris Hockey games all season long. Gris Hockey got a 6-3 win over Utah Valley last night. They host Weber State tonight, 7.30 puck drops, and then they host Utah State on uh, Saturday night. So a bunch of Beehive State teams in Missoula got to take on Gris Hockey. A big shout-out to Shine Auto Detailing. They were just awarded the best detail shop in Missoula. Again, it's no surprise. They have over 225-star reviews. That's actually more reviews than all the detail shops combined. Shine is celebrating by giving the next three callers a free $50 gift card. Don't call us, though. Call them. If you want a great experience with car detailing, call Shine Auto Detailing. 406-207-3599 and get your $50 gift card right now. 406-207-3599. Shine Auto Detailing. Call right now. Big Sky Conference talk right after this. ESPN Radio. Are you having a bad day? Did you get hurt and it wasn't your fault? Are you in trouble? No matter what has you down, you can take action and help yourself by letting Schulte Law Firm help you. Schulte Law Firm litigates injury, criminal, and civil matters, providing expert advocacy in any situation. Here with Dwight Schulte from Schulte Law Firm. When it comes to criminal defense, what's an example of why someone could or should call Schulte Law? Criminal defense happens on somebody's worst day, you know, and it doesn't mean that someone's a bad person. We all make mistakes. We all make choices that maybe aren't the best choice, and that can lead to dramatic consequences in somebody's life. So we're really focusing on personal injury and criminal defense. We do a lot of different areas of the law, though. We have a strong background in real estate. Um, We handle family law for clients, a ton of mediations. The ultimate reality is, is that people have bad days. And that's when you need our help. That's when you need to call Schulte Law Firm because we know the players, we know the game. We can put people in the best position to achieve the outcome they want. If you've had a bad day, visit jschultilaw.com. One, two, three. What is now on ESPN Radio. What is now ESPN Radio? SWX Montana Television and the ESPN MT. I appreciate you for being here. Let's talk some Big Sky Conference football. Only three games in the league this week, including uh, a huge one, a pivotal one, I would say, for 
both Montana and UC Davis, both teams ranked in the top 20. Uh, but both teams, I think, I got to have it game. I think that given the schedules that they've played, particularly the Grizz, I think that uh, I think the Grizz got to have this one, especially with what's remaining on their schedule. And UC Davis, they play a little tougher schedule than the Grizz because they did play an up game. They played Oregon State. They didn't play a D2 game. But a one and two start in Big Sky Conference play is going to put you pretty pretty far behind the eight ball. So certainly big time on both sides. I, I think it's it's an obvious and low hanging fruit statement to say, but worth saying anyways. It's a lot more pressure to win at Montana than there is at, at UC Davis. UC Davis has won under Dan Hawkins. They have they pretty much always had a winning season since Hawkins returned to his alma mater. Their high watermark came in 2018 when they shared the Big Sky title. They haven't really touched that since then. They've been to the playoffs one other time. But if you go 6-5 and five or 5-6 five and six at UC Davis, eh. I mean, Hawk just signed a big contract extension to, or again. So, you know, in Missoula, if you miss the playoffs, people are absolutely freaking out. It's a, it's a SOS, the ship is sinking type scenario. And I think if... When you factor in who the head coach at Montana is, Bobby Houck, who's going to be the all-time winningest coach in school history by the time it's all said and done. I believe he actually already is at Montana, but I think he's going to be one of the all-time winningest coaches in Big Sky history, if not the all-time leader in wins by the time it's all said and done. I think that when he returned and the way that he talked and touted and his previous success... I think pretty much everybody around the Big Sky Conference thought Montana was going to be, boom, back right away. And, and they certainly have shown flashes of being national contenders since Alex's return. But the last two years have shown regression, not progression. And I think that people that really follow the program closely have seen that. And I don't think they, I don't think they like what they see. I think there really is concern. And I think that that concern could either be put to rest if Montana can play really well this month going into November, or it will be completely accentuated. And then, you know, as we always have, Missoula is just going to be a, a fever pitch of what's going on with the Grizz, whether it's good or bad. And that's why I think tomorrow, dare I say, it is a must win for the University of Montana. Andrew, what do you think of this game tomorrow? Uh, first of all, it's crazy that the Grizz and Davis haven't played since 2019. And the coach Houck has only taken the Grizz to Davis one time ever since he came back. So I don't know. There's that, that in itself is a whole different uh, 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 conversation. But I mean, what do you think of just tomorrow's matchup? No, I think you're exactly right in everything that you've said. It it, it does feel like a game that both of these teams have to win. Both of these teams are trying to to put themselves up a tier. And I think you're right. It might come down to we saw it last season. Came down to these two teams for the final playoff spot in the big sky. That's right. And Montana ended up getting it. This year they're going head-to-head. I think it might come down to that again. People are going to be looking back at this game, and and you might have to win this game, as you mentioned, to get to 7-D-1 wins. Um, So I I think it's going to be really interesting. I'm sort of interested, Coulter, in what the crowd's going to be like tomorrow at UC Davis. Like, are, are... you mentioned there's not as much pressure to win sure. down there in Davis. Are yeah. they going to get a decent crowd out for a game that so, has this much import? So this is really interesting. When Davis played their final non-conference game against Southern Utah, 
They drew 7,800 fans, which is a fine crowd down there. Aggie Stadium, I think, is, is you know, close to about 11,000. I've been to a couple games that were sellouts there, and it, it's certainly a, a good FCS venue. It, it's not comparable to Montana and Montana State, but really, where is besides the Dakotas? Not really anywhere in the FCS. But then when they played Eastern Washington, there's almost 15,000 people there. And I, I did like a triple take at that number. I couldn't really understand it. But then I realized it was because it was like local school children evening there. So I think that they packed a whole bunch of kids in there, standing room only. Either way, if there's a 14,000-person crowd down there for Montana, that, that would be cool and perhaps impactful. But, I mean, this, this is like a microcosm of what we're always talking about, right, Andrew? When it comes to who's apt to move up to the FBS, UC Davis has almost 40,000 students. They have one of the largest endowments of any public school in the United States of America. They have hundreds, if not thousands, of alums that are affluent to not, to, or dare I say, wealthy people, most of whom are probably not going to contribute that much money to FCS football. But if they move up to FBS football and they're competing with Cal and Stanford and Fresno State and San Jose State, I think people would pony up. It's the same thing uh, at Sac State as well. Uh, but anyways, that's not the point of this. The point of this is that if Montana loses tomorrow and then loses the following week at Idaho and goes into their bye, having lost three out of four, I, I think this is like a, a red alert if you're Montana. you got to figure this out. You, uh, that's why I think that they just have to win tomorrow because then losing a few of the Grizz is never acceptable. That, that's the, the standard of excellence that they've established but you can swallow a loss next week at the Kibbe Dome if you win this weekend. If you don't, and, it, and it's not good. It's it's going to be real, real bad for uh, just the narrative surrounding the Grizz football team. Well, and that's the price you pay for sort of getting the early season hype because you're still four and one and you haven't played anybody. That's what you know. That's why Montana, I think, the way that they're playing right now is still in the polls because they haven't really played a good team yet. Right. That's what allows you to be four and one and still in the national conversation when you right. haven't played well. But eventually, you gotta find it because the back half of your schedule is just absolutely brutal. Oh, and they they just they have to find something to lean on because we're also approaching this crazy scenario where, I mean, the, the Grizz haven't beat a team with a winning record in the regular season since they beat the Cats in Missoula in 2021. And other than that win, they have a, they've only they have only beat teams with their, their only wins against teams with winning records since the pandemic, are their playoff wins and that win over the Cats in Missoula. You can't take anything away if you win playoff games. That makes you better than most teams in the country. But still, the Grizz have struggled mightily against teams that are any sort of good during the regular season since the canceled season in 2020. And the Grizz have also struggled mightily period, since Bobby Houck returned when they're on the road. They're 13-13 and 13 on the road since 2018. And when they play good teams, I, I, I reckon that record is far below 500. Quite a bit worse. And that speaks to how great Washington Grizzly Stadium is, of course. And the other thing about you mentioning they've got to find something to lean on, I, sl- I think they're still searching. I think they're still casting around for what they themselves can count on, right? You, We've talked about this a lot. Maybe they found something on offense last week with Clifton McDowell at quarterback recommitting to the power run game. Yep. Maybe that gives you something, uh, a little bit of an identity at least, even though they, they still weren't 
uh, completely a blow you away offense well, last see, week against one of the worst defenses in the conference. Here's my take: Montana looked as bad as you can look offensively against Northern Arizona. They looked awful. They they were out of sorts. They had no identity. They had very little effort. They had no creativity. That the offensive line in pass protection was a complete sieve. Sam Vidlak had no time. He he also wasn't filling the pocket. He was, as you always say, your one of your favorite lines. He was seeing ghosts. I mean, he got sacked eight times and probably had fifteen other times where he was hurried or pressured, and and that affected the the play and the throw. You chalk all the numbers up, though. They only average one point one yards per carry. So then, when you go and average three point four yards per carry, it looks like your offense is much Still improved. Not good. If you're only averaging three point four yards per carry against Idaho State. You have some issues, man. Idaho State's not good at run defense. Idaho State, in fact, is one of the worst run defenses in the country for the last 10 years. I know they're improved. They had some guys that showed well last week against the Grizz. I I just think that you can't make too much into what the Grizz did last week offensively, other than, as you mentioned, they finally found at least something that they can hang their hat on. But it's it's a huge matchup this week because that's the thing. You think UC Davis, you think... Dan Hawkins, sunny, shiny California, good quarterbacks, all these good skill players. UC Davis is really good on defense. Yep. They have elite talent at all three levels. Bryce Kennedy is one of the best defensive linemen in the conference. Nick Eaton is one of the best linebackers in the conference. Rex Connors might be the best safety in the conference. So uh, significantly more talented than what they played against the last couple weeks, at least on paper. Absolutely right. So you have to see progress on that side of the ball. And, and last week against Idaho State, we think if they continue with that identity, maybe that gives you a building block and you do see progression, but you're going to have to see progression. And the other thing for me, Coulter, what's this team's identity on defense? Exactly. Who do they rely on? Who Who's getting the pressure on the big third and four when you know they're dropping back to pass? Who's making the stop? Which group of this of the def- which position group can they rely on to make a play? Which player can they rely on to make a play? What scheme can they rely on to make a play? In the last couple of years, it, it's been about the crazy blitzes and the pass rush That's and right. stuff, but it all started because the Grizz were, have been impossible to run on the last couple of years. That's right. You cannot run the ball for four yards on first down ever on them. And, and they're still they're still leading the conference in rushing yards per game, but that's because of who they've played so far. Right. Right, and and me, yards allowed per game. Excuse me, and and you know, I, and we saw Northern Arizona have success running the ball against them. We right. saw uh, in in bits and pieces, Fair State have success running the ball against them. We saw Butler have success not running the ball but moving the ball yep. against them. Maybe you get a break this week with Land Larison out. I, I hadn't looked at the stats until now. Land Larison has 70 carries for UC Davis. Nobody else has more than 19. Right, and that's with Larison missing the like. Last six quarters worth of action for Davis as well. He's only played in four games. He's going to miss this one. So maybe you get a break there. Maybe you can sit back and say, we're going to let Miles Hastings beat us. It is a good team to have, you know, a little bit of a defensive game plan against because, you know, UC Davis with Miles Hastings, what's he going to do? He's going to drop back. He's going to be accurate. He's going to be precise. But they're going to throw it to the backs out of the backfield. They're going to throw short routes to the tight end. They're going to try to bite off six yards, seven yards at a time and march down the field on you. So maybe maybe you just sit back and say, okay, we're going to bend, but don't break this week. But I really think they need to find an identity or a, you know something to lean on, like you said, on defense, something to rely on. Well, that's the thing is if you're going to run this 3-3-5 stack scheme that they run, the reason you do it is to create negative plays on early downs and get after the quarterback every single time they get back, they drop back and pass. 
they have brutalized quarterbacks over the last handful of years. That is absolutely one of the things they have done better than anybody in the country is get to the quarterback and hit him, whether it's sacking him or pressuring him. They haven't touched it's the quarterback. Happening. They haven't touched the quarterback. I mean, this is the long they have they have zero sacks in conference play. None. Montana has zero sacks in conference play. That is the longest. That's the first time they've gone back to back games with zero sacks in 15 full seasons. And the scheme is exclusively designed to get sacks. So if you let quarterbacks feel comfortable in this defense, they're going to exploit that's what's right. happening in the secondary. And I don't really know how you fix it schematically for Montana. I mean, can you loose the reins on Alex Gubner a little bit more and say, hey, just be Aaron Donald and try to get pressure up the middle and we'll build around that? I don't it's know, like but Brooks, you have to do something. It's like Brooks Donald said on the Big Sky Breakdown this week. Bump him outside. Let him play some D-end a little bit, right? I know their D-ends are crashing and slanting, and they're the sacrificial lambs of this defense. And I know they don't have a backup D-tackle, but that's, still. That's right. you got to figure something out, though. I know you can't just completely remake the scheme in the middle part of the year, but Cale Edwards can get after the quarterback if he's not having to crash into the three-gap. If he's on the wide nine, stand him up, let him blitz, use him outside. Levi Janicaro is a great player, but he's playing in a different spot. He's playing the outside spot that Patrick O'Connell got all the pressure on. Janicaro's not, he's only six feet tall. He's a, he's strong as an ox. I would actually honestly put him on the inside, on the D-line maybe sometimes, or let him use his strength and leverage. He's so good in the box, getting off blocks. He's not going to bend you around the edge and beat you like some of the other guys on the roster. So, anyways, we'll talk more about this in hour number two. we got to take a break. Prep hot tickets from around the state of Montana. Next, more Rajim Seabrook coming at you. It's Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. At Jewelry Design Center, they can make anything you desire. We have branded jewelry that you'll see across the world and the country and you have full access to our full manufacturing shop you can look in the case you don't have to start out designing something you can see anything that we have in the case that customize it for your personal experience jewelry design center now open in missoula at 2501 brook street across from the montana club jewelry design center your jeweler for life Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television. Nuanas now, ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. Time for our Prep Extra Friday Night Lights style. Some uh, hot tickets from around the wide world of high school football coming up. But first, uh, I always like highlighting, well, any and all kids from Montana that that, uh, make a commitment to go on to the college level. And like I always tell you, High school sports, the point of high school sports is not about going to college. I think that's something that people need to wrap their minds around. No doubt. Making varsity at the high school level is a great athletic accomplishment. You're a great athlete if you let her in a sport. It's not about necessarily going on to the next level, but if you get a chance to go to the next level, I also think that's cool and worth noting as well. Yeah, my my uncle once told me a story who was also my middle school football coach. He goes, the problem with our society and thinking about everyone needs to go to the next level is... You know, you cry about the fact that your your kid's on the team. Then your kid gets on the team, right? Then you're then it's not enough that he's on the team. He's got to be a starter. Sure. And it's not enough that he's not the starter. He's got to be a captain. Sure. It's not enough that he has to be the captain. He's got to be, got to be, got to be, got to be, got to be. And the whole time, it's like just let the kid be what yeah. the kid wants to be. Totally. And if that kid is supported and and you know propped up, the, he or she or they will get to that point. Totally. So, like, 
just let the kid matriculate <laughs> totally, themselves, yeah. man. I know. And like, yeah. <laughs> oh God. Anyway, we digress as uh, usual. I just see we're kicking it with us here on this Friday. Uh, a couple things, uh, notes from small school world. Um, Couple Class B kids committing to D1 programs. First, Dalton Noble, who's a standout two-way lineman at Jefferson County High School in Boulder. He is going to West Point, going to Army. So, what's up, New York, baby? That's my neck of the woods. Gorgeous campus. It's pretty cool. Not a good football program, but a gorgeous campus and a ridiculous institution of learning. Exactly. If you got a chance, here's the thing with the academies: you're going to go there, and you're going to be able to do it, or you're not. And that's Period. it. And the challenge of it, though, is going to be something that is irreplaceable and is going to define you as a person. For the rest of your and life. And you will be absolutely, utterly successful if you can make it through. Without a doubt. At West Point or the Air Force Academy or the Naval Academy. Without a doubt. And if you could do that while playing a D1 sport, man, the, the world is your oyster. You're going to have every opportunity in the world. No no pun intended and pun intended. I salute those who man, do that. Like, uh, literally. that's it, It's an amazing accomplishment. For sure. Uh, and then right here in Missoula... Was a Loyola senior, Talon Reynolds, committed to the Grizzlies Stud. earlier this week. So uh, he'll follow in the footsteps of his father, Chase. Who yes, was that was all right. Yeah. He was okay. Chase, no, Chase Reynolds, the all-time leading uh, rusher <laughs> in Montana high school football history and the all-time leading touchdown scorer in Montana Grizz football history, played a handful of years uh, in the NFL. I remember I'm only a, I'm a grade older than Chase, and I remember he had a a, a, a baby with his wife. He got married super young and Very had a young. baby with with his wife when we were in college. Yeah, and now I mean Chase is only my age, and maybe even a year younger than me. And he's got an 18 year old kid that's committing to college, so that's pretty funny. That's pretty cool though, and uh, good for them. That's cool that there's a legacy kid uh, coming to Montana. Let's take a look at uh, some of the hot tickets from around the world of high school football uh, on this Friday night. The city of Missoula, the city of Helena, they got a couple big clashes. Missoula Sentinel takes on Helena High, a, a big game for both teams. The Bengals coming off of a win after getting shellacked in Crosstown. The Spartans coming off a heartbreaking loss in Ranchi Stadium at Butte last week. Then the other uh, Missoula-Helena overlap is Big Sky versus Capital. The Eagles coming off a 41-0 win over Hellgate and Capital coming off a 56-0 loss to Glacier. So this is a get-right game for Capital, a prove-it game for Big Sky, and then with the Helena Sentinel game that you'll be coaching in, uh, same deal. Big bounce-back opportunity for the Spartans, a prove-it opportunity for Helena High. So these are two, I think these are the two games in the West this week. Well, you know, for we'll, we'll, we'll start with uh, Big Sky and Capital. That is a must-win game for both teams. That's right. Uh, you know, there's only three games left in the regular season, folks. And right now, people are not only fighting for playoff wise, but they're also, you know, vying. They're, you know, vying for for jockey position, if you will. Um, you always want to. You always want to have a home advantage throughout. And right now, the the leader on the west side of that is Butte. Like it's it's it, it unless things shake out very differently here in the next two weeks, it looks like things are going to funnel through Butte. Uh, Helena Capital has had a very interesting season after winning the state title last year. Um, they've had ups and up and down moments. They've had high scoring games, close games, low scoring games, no scoring games. Yeah. So where are they within their own metric? Like what, what they they get to kind of write their own rubric for the next three weeks. Big Sky to me is is the kid you don't want to you don't want to fight on the block sure. because it's a fight you know you're gonna win, but you are walking away with a fat lip, bruised 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 knuckles, and a bloody nose. Saying, why did why did I come out the house today? And that's just one of those teams that right now, either one of these teams, they're the rat spoiler. 
They are sure. the, you do not want to play one of these teams because they are the rat spoiler that could ruin either positioning going into the playoffs or they can ruin your first round in the playoffs, uh, whether they're at home or on the road. Sparta's in a must-win situation as well right now, especially with what's coming down the pipe for them schedule-wise. You have Helena High, which is, a, a, again, a team you don't know who's going to show up. Are yeah. they going to come and, and dominate and play you physical yeah. and have your quarter, and have that quarterback pepper and spray all over the field? Or are they going to you know be kind of dormant the way they have against other teams. And then Hellgate, I hate to say that's a win for 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 Sparta. No disrespect to that program, but I, I, I'm guaranteeing a win. But then they end the season on the road up north versus Glacier. That is a very uh, a dangerous team, athletic yep. team, and and you know, uh, Mr. Bennett is is one of the best brains in the in the game of football in the state of, of Montana. So. Uh, all three of these teams are in a very, very, very must-win situation, even though they're playing each other. So we'll we'll see we'll see what happens when we throw out the dice, and 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 we'll be speaking about this in the aftermath within the next week. Uh, a couple other double A games tonight: Bozeman versus CMR, Skyview versus Senior, Belgrade versus Gallatin, Hellgate versus Butte, and uh, that's your double A slate for tonight in Class A. All eyes are going to be on. I mean, there's going to be a lot of, of good games, but all eyes are going to be focused on at least one of the eyes going to be focused on the battle of two of the last three undefeated squads. Last week, Dylan knocked off Corvallis, knocking them from the ranks of the unbeaten's, and Hamilton has quietly just rolled all the way to five and zero, and now Dylan versus Hamilton, and uh, a little bit of a family affair because Hamilton's head coach Bryce Carver from Dylan, his old man Brett Carver, still the offensive line coach at Dylan. Zach McCray, who's the head coach at Dylan, was one of Bryce Carver's teammates growing totally. up. So there's, there's all sorts of first of all, there's all sorts of Dylan influence because I mean, when you have a program like Dylan, you know. Terry Thomas, Rick Nordahl, those two guys won as many games as anybody. They have totes. I mean, they got double-digit state championships hanging up in the in the halls there at Beaverhead County High School. So you're going to have some coaching tree from that. And uh, yeah, Bryce Carver's done a heck of a job of, of making Hamilton sort of his own down there in the Bitterroot Valley. So that'll be a good one. Two it's undefeated all, it, teams. It's almost like a civil war. Right. Like, or the Hatfields versus the McCoys. It's like, um, it's like fighting your cousin. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like totally. it's just, it's like fighting your favorite cousin, and uh, that's that's a game I'm actually looking forward to to watching on the on on the NFHS website. So, um, yeah, that's that's a good one, man. We should highlight a segment next week to talk about that, my we, friend. We will, we will for that, sure. That, that 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 game to me, whoever wins that game is winning a football this year in the state of Montana for, for sure. Uh, yeah, Jack McCray, Dylan joined us on Tuesday, and uh, we'll catch up with. Someone from the winning team in, in that game sometime next week. Uh, Class B, another primetime game. You got Lincoln County, that's Eureka, against Florence. These are uh, two of the top three teams in Class B. Florence hasn't lost yet as the defending state champs. Eureka's been rolling through everybody. They had a huge win over Loyola a couple huge, weeks ago. Huge, And uh, all the coaches, from Coach Hughes to, uh, at, at Loyola to Coach DeShane at Florence to some of the other uh, Class B coaches I talked to, they all said, man, Florence will be great. Loyola's going to be really good. Red Lodge will be good. You know, Boulder will be good. But watch out for Eureka. They're going to be the team that's really, really powerful this year. And uh, here they are. They've, they've done it. So that's going to be a good one as well. We're going to know a lot more about the A and B after this weekend. Oh, this weekend, it, the culling will begin. Roger C. Brook here on Nuanas Down this Friday. Thanks for stopping in, man. Thanks for having me, brother. I love you. Hour one in the books. Hour two coming at you. Carol and the Chicken Does No Sports plus Garden City Spotlight featuring not just football, but some other prep sports as well. We'll hear from a couple high school coaches from the Missoula ranks and highlight some other great happenings in the high school sports world around the Garden City. 
That's all next. Keep it right here. No one is now ESPN Radio. Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia. When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org.